Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us today for another stretch conversation. Each week we discuss topics related to our faith, our relationship with God, vulnerability, and living in weakness. Now, these topics can be extremely challenging and they can cause us to stretch in ways we haven't before. That's why it's so, so important for us to remember that we're all on a journey of our own, but we're on it together. We hope you enjoy this conversation and that you continue to listen in the future. To learn more about what we're doing with Stretch, you can visit our website at www.stretchforwomen.org. Enjoy. Welcome to Sean. Um, I was saying this week we're continuing our conversation on weakness and we're kind of digging into shame right now. So fun to talk about, right? Um, <laughs> but that's kind of a part of definitely something God's been doing with me. It's just really putting his finger on um, just these areas that I've been really dealing with shame and are continuing to deal with shame in. Yeah. Um, in this week's question, we asked everyone, hi, G. Uh, we asked everyone, in what ways does shame prevent you from presenting your true self? Um, so, Deshaun, I'm going to ask you that question, and we can just start talking. Yeah. Uh, can you guys hear me okay? Yeah? Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. Uh, okay. So, I believe I actually answered the question, and um, in what ways does shame um, um, really hinder me from, from showing up? Um, and in today's current state, I, I think one of the biggest challenges I face with shame is um, it keeps me, it causes me to go silent. So, you know, shame um, says um, that who I am is wrong or who I am is not enough or there is something wrong with who I am as a person. And so it's usually tied to past experiences and things like that. So um, one of the things that I learned recently is that my, like, most of how I have functioned has been from this place of shame. So like my people pleasing, shame. Um, my desire for significance, shame. Um, and the way that it has played out is to avoid, because I have felt so much shame um, from my past, um, I try to perfect my present. So I try to create this mask of perfection so that I wouldn't experience the shame that I felt, you know, from past experiences. And so what I found is that even in um, my everyday living, I would find myself consumed with shame and any time I would speak, immediately this feeling of shame would come over like I don't belong um, at whatever table I'm sitting or my voice um, isn't good enough or it's not valuable or thing and so then shame would prevent me from really living out the call of God on my life um, and and um, uh, like comes in it's almost like a thief to kill or to steal all that God is doing um, and then bring you back down to this place of I'm not enough and I don't belong. Shoot. Um, <laughs> that is a crazy breakdown and I relate to it completely. Like, I definitely feel like shame causes me to be silent. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, I most see that in my, how I choose to avoid. 
or how I subconsciously end up avoiding like these spaces and these things that trigger shame. Yeah. Um, so I don't even put myself in a situation to be silent. I just kind of steer clear. And like recently, I've talked about this before, so I hate to be like a record box, but with my parents, um, they've been a source of when I interact with them, they trigger these feelings of shame. Yeah. And it's hard coming from, I think out of any audience in my life, my parents have had such a major role in my life decisions. And so for them to be the source of shame, it's hard to separate that from the truth of who I am when the people that created me see me in a certain light. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, I've recognized, like I've chosen to avoid that space, conversations, like interacting and I think I'm in a space where I'm still avoiding, um, <laughs> but I think God has just been speaking to me about, I think his truth um, that is counter their opinion. Um, and I think that is a space I kind of have to sit with God in and just continue to be open to him yeah. to speak those things to me. Because if I don't recognize God's truth in it, it's I'm so open to receiving yeah this other perception of this other reality of who I am when that's just not what God is telling me. Yep. And so I, it's been hard because it's like, you know, Kimmy and I have this platform where we talk about vulnerability and living in who you are and owning, you know, who God made you to be. And I am in a space where I have to actively avoid that trigger in that space. And I'm not in my mind, what I would want to be strong enough to walk to, you know, to, I, I I want it to be strong enough to be able to say that this is who I am and this is who God called me to be. And I'm going to stand on that in your opinion. You know, I respect you, but I don't, but I'm in emotionally, I'm not able to really do that right now. Yeah. And I think that that in itself makes me ashamed that I am leaving a platform that promotes this thing that I'm currently unable to do or walk in. And I think my awareness of that makes it more difficult, but I do know that I'm with God about it. And I think this is where like living in our weakness and God's power being made perfect in this space, God's going to have to get me through yeah. what I'm, what I see, like God's going to have to do that. And I don't know if that means, I don't, I don't, I have to lay down my expectations of what that looks like, but what I do know is that God is meeting me where I am now and that that has to be okay. But it, it's, I feel ashamed that I'm telling other people and encouraging other people to walk out the truth of who they are when I can't do that to people. I'm like the most into, you know, like the people that my parents. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, I feel a little fraudulent. Um, but I think I'm just, yeah. 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 I mean, it's so it's, what's really remarkable is this, um, um, you know, vulnerability and shame um, are so counter one another. Um, and so it's our vulnerability, honestly, that has led us to this place of shame. So our vulnerability is not, it's not just this idea of sharing how you feel. We experience vulnerability when we fall in love. We experience vulnerability when we, um, travel. We experience vulnerability when we expose ourselves to doing something creative for the first time or starting a new business or whatever dream is in our heart. Like those are all ways that we experience vulnerability. And so then what happens when we experience vulnerability
and there's failure or um, it's met with uh, disappointment or, or something of that nature, then shame begins to kick in. And what we don't realize is this actually starts, um, I would say even before in utero, this is a generational thing where hmm. our parents experience shame and then now we're experiencing shame. And it's about acknowledging and being aware so that we can begin to combat um, shame and like I even in thinking about this conversation I was thinking about um, 16 years old walking into their church for the first time um, coming literally the day before coming from um, homelessness drug abuse a myriad of things the only thing I had in my wardrobe was a mini skirt and a um, tight top um, my sister let me borrow her turtleneck sweater but by week two of church <laughs> I was wearing my own clothes. And the first thing that someone said to me was um, how inappropriately dressed I was and how women of God didn't uh, expose that much skin. Um, and the, the crazy thing is, is I walked into the church broken. I walked into this space broken mm. and I left wearing a mask. And mm. but we don't often understand um, sometimes how our words and our inability to sit with people in their brokenness can create and, and actually impact the shame that they're experiencing. Um, but, but the flip side of that is as we continue this journey and, and vulnerability is not a one-stop shop. It's not like, oh, I've learned how to become vulnerable. Let's go. I'm good at it. It is layers and a lifelong journey of being just who God created us to be. Um, and so as we begin to show up in these spaces, being who God created us to be um, and be received that way, then the years of shame that has built up over time and time again begins to fade away. Um, and so, you know, it's like this idea of um, I have to um, live in weakness, but my living in weakness is going to trigger my shame. Mm -hmm. But it's also the only way that I'm going to be healed from my shame. There's no way around it. Um, and so what you're doing, although it feels fraudulent, this is the exact journey that we're asking all of us to go on, where it's I'm beginning this journey of just allowing myself whatever that looks like. So even in the space of your parents, your level of vulnerability, you are being your authentic self in that environment. It's I'm allowing myself to show up. And every time I do, I am trusting that God is going to meet me and begin to remove layers of shame that I've been living with for my entire life. Um, so that then, not that I can become shame free, but so that I can learn how to combat shame when it begins to rise up. Um, you know, it's like we, we want people to live in this place that is an unrealistic place to live. Mm -hmm. We want people to live in this place where you're not affected by your past, but it's my, my past is actually what helped create who I am today. So I, Shoot. you know, it's like, um, we, we take scripture and we use it as a bandaid to cover the wound as, as opposed to allowing it to be a sword piercing the wound and actually dividing the truth from the lie. The truth is I am enough. I'm worthy. Um, I am valuable. Um, but the truth is also that I am still broken and I am still hurting and I am still um, struggling with fear and insecurity and doubt and those two truths, learning how to allow those two truths to live together 
so that that is where the glory of God comes in. That is when walking in weakness really becomes this thing of beauty and uh, glory where God can be, that, where his, his goodness and his uh, faithfulness can be revealed. If I'm wearing a mask and every time I show up, I am pretending perfection, I am pretending um, that, that everything is well put together, then God has no space to be. His glory has no space to be perfected. His strength has no space to be perfected. But if I'm showing up and I'm struggling with insecurity and doubt and I'm showing up anyway and I'm battling uh, shame and I'm showing up anyway and God is showing up right there with me, then that's how we overcome those feelings. It's not, I've got to be a certain way in order to, um, uh, you know, in leading, in leading this organization, I need to be a certain way. No, you just need to show up. You just need to continue to show up. Shoot, uh, Deshaun, um, what you just said was so profound in that there's this expectation that we will be removed of shame, that shame won't exist, that that is not something, that it is a goal of mine, like if I'm a good Christian or if I'm really with the Lord or if I'm doing all the right things, that I won't deal with shame anymore. It will be removed. But like that is never what God has suggested. Like he's, it, he allows us to combat shame. And I think that is so freeing for even me to feel because I unknowingly have been on this journey of, overcoming it and it's not overcoming it in like like getting rid of it i've been wanting to remove it and the fact that it isn't removed i ha has been feeding the shame mm -hmm. it's not removed i'm still dealing with it oh i'm so shamed i'm ashamed of this but like recognizing that my ability to be with god in this space is him cutting the truth for him like i clearly i can see that but i still have these feelings and i think that's that's what you so freaking good that it's so hard to sit with people and where they're at in their shame and with their feelings yep. without us trying to fix or correct that place and those things yep. without us suggesting that if, if they are walking in that or they have that something's wrong with them, it perpetuates this feeling of shame because we can't, I can't fix myself. Nope. What ability do I have to take that out of me? So hearing that something is wrong with me, by feeling this thing, it's, feed, it, it, it's food for the shame. So it's like, what, how would you say you even begin to sit with someone who's dealing with things that are rooted in shame? Man, um, it's really, it's about our perspective of people. So um, I was having this conversation earlier this week and um, I, um, I get a lot of people, there are people who often praise me for my vulnerability. Um, and they're like, man, um, it, it's often. Um, and it's um, it's like, man, you, you're vulnerable, but you also really trust God. And I was really sitting with that this week, trying to think about it um, and I, like process through and whatnot and figure out um, what is that? And what I realized is that I have a very solid foundational belief that God loves me. The reason I have a very solid foundational belief that God loves me is because I have been a damn fool and God has shown up. I have done things that, you know, I mean, even in the basic of basics, I was a single mom for 20 years, had three children out of wedlock. 
um, most people would think that that was it for me. And God in his loving mercy gave me the most amazing husband. I mean, this man is freaking amazing. Um, and he's gifted me, despite the fact that I've had multiple abortions, he's gifted me with an opportunity to be a mother again. So when I say I have a firm belief that God loves me, I, that he's proven it to me. So even when I'm struggling with fear, with insecurity, with doubt, um, whatever, with jealousy or envy or whatever, those, that, those things that come in, it's always with the foundation that God loves me. So I can sit and be, I can experience jealousy and I'm not trying to run from it or hide from it because I know that God loves me. So he's not turned off by my jealousy. Mm. Conversations about it, it can keep coming up. It doesn't matter, he loves me. What happens is that when we, when we can't sit with someone who is struggling with shame, who's struggling with fear, who's struggling with insecurity, what we're ultimately saying is I, that they haven't received the revelation of how loved they are by God. And so because of that, they haven't earned the right to vulnerability. I can't sit with them because they don't understand how loved they are by God is ultimately what we are saying or what I believe that we say when we don't or refuse to sit with someone. Um, and so it's a perspective shift. It's like, man, if I am if I am with someone who is struggling with someone who refused, who, you know, the Debbie Downers, you know, the ones who no matter what um, or how much you encourage them, they just can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. The challenge isn't that they refuse to see the light at the end of the tunnel. The challenge is that they have not yet received the revelation that they are loved by God. Why are we being punished for not receiving that revelation? That was my experience in church. I did not believe that God loved me. And I remember a woman told me uh, after I got to this place where uh, I, you know, like starting to believe that God loved me and walking out my faith, a woman who knew me at the age of 16 said, wow, it's so good to see you taking your faith seriously because back then you didn't really want it. I wanted it. I, I, had the, I did not believe that God loved me. I couldn't. How could he? When the people that he entrusted to love me left me, hurt me, abused me, abandoned me, why on earth would I believe that a God that I cannot see loves me? And here's the thing, God was in no rush to convince me of his love. It wasn't, I wasn't on a timeline with him. He took his time with me. He was patient with me. He repeated himself over and over and over again. He invested in me. And then once he established the truth that I'm loved by him, then we began dealing with the fear, the doubt, the insecurity, whatever other thing came up after that. But it wasn't until I understood the foundational thing that he loves me. And here we are, we want people, we, we can't sit with people, we want them to remove fear from your life, stop walking in fear, speak the truth of God over your life when they don't even believe that God fully loves them. Why? Because he hasn't completed the revelation to, in them yet. This isn't, there's nothing I can do to, to make myself believe that God loves me. Not one single thing. Nothing in my life, nothing about me would suggest that I am lovable by a perfect God. Nothing. So why on earth do I think that I could convince myself that I am loved by God? 
No, that is a revelation from heaven, from the Holy Spirit himself that comes down and proves over and over and over again how loved you are, how wanted you are, how valuable you are. And then once you receive that, he begins to work on the other things. So really, we just have to stop having this timeline of expectation for people. And hey, have you received the revelation of how loved you are by God? You haven't? Guess what? I'm going to be a vessel for that. I'm going to love you so hard to, until the point that you have to begin to see God's love in this. I'm just, I'm just going to love you because then hopefully through that, I can be a vessel of God revealing himself through me to you so you can get that foundational. And then he can begin to work on those things that we see to be the problem, which to God are not the problem. He's not concerned about our, our, our output. He's not concerned about our behavior so much as he is about our hearts. So good. So good. You perfectly articulated why we're pressing into this scripture because it's we try to fix ourselves and fix all these things and fix these behaviors and correct these behaviors that we walk in when ultimately I don't have a revelation of how much God loves me. And so there's all these external things that are so much easier to grasp onto and look to when ultimately it comes down to, do I know that God loves me? I don't know that I do. I don't know that I have that revelation. And so to spin my wheels to try to fix myself that I will never be able to do and to spend time praying and asking for God to fix these things when I need him to fix my perspective on how much he loves me is just where it all comes to. Yep. And, and that's just it. The prayer should be, Lord, show me how you see me. Show me how you see me. And every single time he will, show me how you see me. Show me what you see when you look at me. And he'll do it. And he'll show us every single time, every single time. And for some people, it may show us three times. For other people, we may die in the grave before ever on this side of heaven, realizing how much God, it may take us waking up in heaven to realize, wow, you really did love me. And me, as someone who has vowed to love people as I love myself, I've got to be okay with that. I have to be okay with that. That's so good, Deshaun. Thank you. Thank you so much for this conversation. And I will be rewatching this. <laughs> um, just thank you so much for just the wisdom. I, I can't even add anything to this. We're done. Um, <laughs> we're done, guys.